0: Block talk radio. Good evening everybody and welcome to Talking Circles. I'm Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here. As we're breaking down the entire weekend of NASCAR racing, the Trucks and Cup Series events went ran at Michigan International Speedway, and then you had the Xfinity Series race at Mid Ohio Street Course, where Austin Strick and Sindrick won the Xfinity Series race. It was Kevin Harvick and Victor Lane. The forty-seventh time in his cup series career. And Austin Hill won the Truck Series event at Michigan. We're breaking it all down. If you want to call anytime tonight, the number is 917 889 8280. That is the number to call. But first, we'll start with today's event, the Consumer Energy 400 from Michigan International Speedway. And it was Kevin Harvick in Victory Lane. Uh, kind of a crazy finish to this race because a lot of drivers and teams were stretching the fuel here. Um, so the finishes, some guys might have not gotten finishes they deserve on both sides, um, but it helped out some drivers immensely and it hurt some drivers a lot. You know, when I looked quickly through the top 10, uh, you know, one driver really helped out was Daniel Suarez in fifth. He needed a good run. Wasn't a fifth place car all day long, but he'll take the fifth place run. Sometimes you get more it's better to be lucky than good. Ryan Priest had a decent day all day long. He was a top 15 car, which for him uh, is a is a good run. He ended up finishing seventh had enough fuel, so a nice job by the 47 team as well today to come away with a decent finish there, something they haven't had in a long time over there at the JTD Dollar Racing Team. Two of their cars finishing in the top 15, so good job by them. Uh, and, and the other drivers that hurt, Kurt Busch, who was a top-five car all day long, he ended up 23rd. You also had Ryan Blaney who was a top-five car all day long. He ended up 24th. Brad Keselowski, who battled back from a spin, uh, had a really strong car. Was probably going to finish in the top five. He ended up 19th. So uh, a couple of guy, guys who struggled there with their finishes after running out of fuel late in the Consumer Energy 400 from Michigan International Speedway. But it was Kevin Harvick and victory lane, um, and the 47th time. And and I was, you know, do you consider this a fuel mileage win here, Philip? Uh, a lot of people I was talking to kind of looked at it and said, "Hey, it's a fuel mileage win for Kevin Harvick." I thought, you know, he had a big lead. He had one of the fastest cars all day long, and uh, I didn't consider it a few miles to win at all. I mean, I know he, he only led 22 laps, and a lot of them were at the end, but what did you think of, of Harvick's finish there and, and that four-car going to victory lane today at Michigan?
1: I think about it based on how we were talking about Kevin Harvick uh, prior to New Hampshire uh, a few weeks ago where we're like, what's going on with the 14? What's wrong with the 14? What's wrong with Stuart Oss Racing? You know, they're not winning the way they were doing. Harvick had won eight races at this point last year or whatever it was. And now, you know, New Hampshire gets in a little door-slamming battle with with Hamlin, gets that win, goes and gets a win again at Michigan, gets to get Keelan in the car, do the whole thing. Um Keelan's way more reserved than Kevin is, at least early in his life. I guess later in life, he'll probably rebel just like his dad. Uh, but the fact is, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, there's a reason why they've won so many races together, and they are such one of the best combinations in this sport ever since they got together in 2014. Uh, on a day where they had one of the fastest cars, as you said, I mean, Brad had a good early run car, but then the Gibbs guys, the 11, the 19s and 19 specifically, of course, the 18 swooped in and got a stage win. It affected them later, but they still came out and got a top uh, 10 finish. But Harvick was there. In the end, they played strategy, sure. It worked in their favor, but they also had a fast car. There, There's guys that were around them that got buried. The Penske guys, all the Penske guys got buried. Kurt Busch got buried, you know? So, I mean, in the end, it could have went one of two ways. He had a cut down tire early in the race uh, with debris or something. I don't know what, it was some sort of cut because of debris. It wasn't a typical bad year being as bad as they usually are, but he had to come back from that. You can call fuel mileage all you want. He had to come back from the cut tire and go win a lap down. That's true. And, and he came back, led the race early, it led the race and, and was able to make something happen. Second win of the year, close to 50 wins, uh, hall of fame career uh, already, but will just keep on building. I think the fact that Keelan's there and growing up, and I think he's not going to quit until he wants to quit. And, Tony's definitely not going to tell him to quit because that's the best driver that isn't named Tony Stewart that's driving for that organization. Uh, so, I mean, credit to Kevin Harvick, credit to Rodney Childers. Good job by that group. And it's not, and I, I have to say, it's a dangerous thing. When you're talking about Gibbs, they built this whole thing, and right now they're basically the favorite uh, with their three cars, I would say. But, between Joey, Joey Ogano fallen off recently, which makes Kevin Harvick that next guy. And I would not sleep on Kevin Harvick the way. Now the energy is moving. Things are going in a positive light. I would not sleep on Kevin Harvick. He wants the second championship really bad. Um, and he's making things happen when it counts, the closer we get to this playoff.
0: Yeah, he really is. 917 And, you know, you talked about Harvick, and, and for them to get momentum, you're right, it would be a, it's a big move considering he didn't win at all early in the season, wins at New Hampshire, and he wins here uh, today at Michigan. Spencer, but you talked about it, and to me, this was the driver in the team that I was most impressed with all day long. I know he only led six laps, and he wasn't uh, somebody who you looked at and said, well, um, he had a dominant day, but you talked about it and said, man, Denny Hamlin in this team – They're clicking on all cylinders. Hamlin can be a very dangerous driver in this playoffs, and I'll tell you what I saw on 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 the post race show on Fox. I saw for the first time in what seems like really since he lost his last like his last chance at the championship, I saw a confident and a happy Denny Hamlin, uh, where he's not sitting there kind of scratching his head, going, "What the heck's going on here." Um, I was very impressed with that 11 car. Recently, they really picked it up. I know he won the day 2500 this year, uh, but it seems like the last five or ten races, that 11 car really been fast, Spencer, and uh, another good job that, by them today. They, they lost their track position and weren't really able to compete for a win, but a second-place run, I think they'll take it, and a, a very strong day for that 11 car today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't see how he couldn't be happy. I think you just uh, nailed... Um, nailed it. I mean, he's been so consistent, and all three of us have said it, but he is the guy who was struggling in the beginning of the year yesterday, Tony 500, great. And then he comes and wins Texas, and then he wins um, at Pocono, and this is a guy that didn't win at all last year, and while his other teammates were winning, and he wasn't. But he is consistently the consistent the past, I want to say, five weeks. He's really been up there in the top five. And you said he hasn't led a lot of – he didn't lead a lot of laps today, but he was there if something was happening. They were in position in case something was to happen to the leader. And he's just slowly getting better and better, running up front. And if the two guys up front make contact, he's going to steal the win. And consistent – you know, momentum goes a long way, and I think we can all agree. Um, and when the team's happy – You know, you're running good, you're finishing good, you're collecting points, you're locked into the playoffs. You know, the stress is off of you, the pressure is off your shoulders, and you can go out and just run and try new things and uh, do new pit strategies on pit road just to try things and get ready for the playoffs. And this is a team that you need to watch out because if guys start slipping up, you know, he's going to make it through these rounds. And I can tell you what, Denny Hamlin wants to win a championship, and he's going to, with them running the way they are, he's going to give them boys hell winning that championship and honestly this is their year to do it they're doing they're really well and you know um i think this is his best shot to win a championship in several years or in a long time actually um for him to run this well so um you know it wouldn't shock me if they were to make the final four at homestead the way they're running now yes they might fall off but um it's gibbs racing and joe gibbs racing and i think the, the 11 team and um that whole bunch has definitely found something
0: yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, it's funny because when he had lost Mike Wheeler, and I'm not trying to, to hurt Mike Wheeler at all here, but when he had Mike Wheeler last year, he was not happy when they made that crew chief change. He, he kind of came out and said it was like, you know, it really wasn't my decision. I like Mike. He's a good guy. He's a good. I think he's a good crew chief, but when, now when you look at his season so far, and I know it's still you know, we still got uh, three races to go until the playoffs, so it's not over yet for Denny Hamlin, but he has become, as you mentioned Spencer, a new driver this year. It just seems like he has just flipped the switch and you're like, hey, that's the Dennyham we, we're seeing. Five consecutive top five finishes so far for him uh, in these last couple of races. He's really picked it up and uh, I just think that crew chief changes, Chris Gabehart has really paid off for that 11 car and what, what, you know, you want, whatever you think about Mac, uh, Mike Wheeler, uh, it's been a, a good job there by the 11 team. Uh, it was Then it was Kyle Larson in third, Martin Trex Jr. fourth, and Daniel Suarez. Just a lot to take in there. Larson was having a pretty good day, spent on pit road, was never really able to uh, get the track position back, was able to gain a couple of spots because people ran out of gas. But a third-place run, a nice job by them, gets him a lot of points that he needed uh, to to really secure himself into the playoffs. I don't think it was really um, any too big concern, but this really cements him being into the playoffs. Uh, Martin Shricks Jr. had a good day today. Again, lost track position. So hard to pass today at Michigan. Wasn't really able to uh, to gain that back at the end of the race, but gained some spots by staying out and, and keeping his fuel where it was. So a nice job, a fourth-place run by Martin Shricks Jr. And then Suarez who, Suarez, who was never really a, a top-ten car, but again, gained a bunch of spots by people running out of fuel, and he needed a good run today. I uh, needed to capitalize on, on a couple of guys' issues with Jimmy Johnson and Clint Boyer, which we'll get to in a little bit. But a, a nice job by Daniel Suarez there to gain some points and really um, get him in a better point situation with three races going to the playoffs. So, what do you think of those three with Larson, Truex, and Suarez there, Phillip? Uh, drivers who t- at Michigan, um, I think, as at least Larson and Suarez were concerned, needed good runs, needed good finishes to really help them in the playoff hunt here. And they were able to go out and get him.
1: Yeah, I mean Larson. I I heard it on the way back. I was out and I heard it on the radio. his is interview and somebody has to get to him to teach him how to talk. It's brutal, but whatever. Anyways, it's the fact is the his, his the the ad today definitely solidified him in terms of the playoffs. It gave him that gap that they needed. And Eric Jones having an off day gave him a spot as well. But now they're, you know, they got, what is it, 32. They got a good, they got a good gap. They got 60-something points out to the cutoff. So basically as long as he keeps it clean, you know, they have Bristol next week, which is one of his better racetracks. They're going to have an off week go to Darlington, which he dominated last year. If it weren't for a bad pit stop, he'd have been the Southern 500 winner last year. And then Indianapolis, which is a track where he's done okay at. They keep things on the straight and narrow. They're going to make the playoff. How long they're going to last in the playoff is a whole different story, but they solidify themselves. Daniel Suarez, who has had a rough uh, year in his first year at... Stuart Haas, we've discussed them ad ad nauseum. Uh, I don't know if him and and Billy Scott are the best combination, but the fifth-place run today, uh, you know, you make the most out of your situation making, taking the lemons and making lemonade kind of deal, and now they're only you know, they're only six points out of the cutoff on teammate Clint Boyer. They're only whatever 16 points behind Ryan Newman for 15th, which at the end of the day next week is a night race at Bristol. You know, some the wreck could happen. You could gain all those points, and you could all of a sudden flip that. Uh, the way that Boyer ended up giving up so many points today, uh, Suarez is good on concrete tracks. He has been over his career. So, and the 41 is the defending race winner there. So it's. It's for them. The timing was great to have that kind of run. Also for Larson, I mean, and I mean, just to go off a little bit, veer off a little bit for the couple of them Hendrick guys, the 88 and the 24 to solidify their spots within uh, this playoff with their top 10 runs. Uh, I mean, that that definitely helps their cause and. I mean, it helps their playoff positioning if they can go and do some things right.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, the 24 and the 88, as you mentioned, um, a nice job by those guys. You know, um, I think for, for you know, everybody right now above Eric Jones, I think even Eric Jones, barring a major, major problem, uh, I think he's in the playoffs. But he didn't do anything to help himself today. Uh, you know, I was shocked uh, – Watching Eric Jones drop, he was out of, the tw- out of the top 20 at one point in this race and then gained a couple of spots at the end due to the fuel issues. But uh, I was shocked to see how t- how tough of a time he had today over there in the DeWalt Toyota. And and you can say the same thing about Kyle Busch at 6th. You know, he came out and said, hey, we finished 6th. We salvaged a decent day out of it. But Kyle wasn't really anywhere where we're used to seeing him, especially in these mile-and-a-half tracks. You know, He was about a ninth, 10th place car all day. Yeah, I know he won stage 2, but that was more of a track position deal. Um, so he kind of struggled today, and I was kind of surprised to see that from that 18 car. Um, it just wasn't a great day for him. So Bristol's probably one of his better racetracks, if not his best racetrack. I think they will get right back on track next weekend. But it was kind of surprising to see Kyle Busch run the way he did. Uh, and he finished sixth. He didn't even qualify that good, so it really wasn't a great weekend for him. Ryan Priest finished seventh, uh, a driver who really needed to have a good day. I mean, uh, when you talk about the Rook of the Year battle, and a lot of people have sort of looked at Priest and said he's really struggled this year. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a top 20, he hasn't had a top twenty finish before today. He had not had a top twenty finish since Talladega, and that was third all the way back in April. Um, so that was a that was a uh, a, a very good day for the uh, Kroger team over there, and Tristan Smith and the crew chief over there on that forty seven team, and they were running in the top fifteen even before they gained some spots there at the end. With, with some fuel mileage issues, so they deserve some credit today by actually, um, you know, gaining on it and doing some good things there for that 47 team. You mentioned William Byron, Philip earlier. He was eighth. Then it was Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, three cars finishing eighth, ninth, and tenth today. Uh, we also have Jimmy Johnson, which we'll get to in a little bit. He had a tough day today, lost a lot of points, um, and we'll, we'll discuss his point situation uh, going a little deeper through the field, you had Ty Dillon in 11th. Ryan Newman, who needed a good run, and he wasn't anywhere where he needed to be today. He was about a 15th to 18th place car. Gained some spots at the end due to the fuel issue. Nice job by them to to have enough fuel and to get the right strategy out there um, to, to finish in a decent spot. Then it was Austin Dillon in 13th. Chris Buescher, another top tw- uh, 20 finish for him. I think that's 12 straight now for him. Uh, in, the, in the Kroger JTD Dollar Racing number 37. He was 14th. Then it was Paul David Reagan, Joey Logano, Eric Jones, Brad Keselowski, and Matt D. Benedetto in 20th. How about you, Spencer? Anybody stand out to you there in the top 20 that had a really good day, a really tough day uh, that you want to discuss?
2: Yeah, I think Ty Dillon, he had a decent run with 11th. Uh, you know That team has uh, performed better than they did last year um as you mentioned in previous show you forgot they were even in the race last year that's how bad they ran um and Dale Jr. even said it on today on TV you know he that was one of the first things he said after the race was look at where Ty finished and um that team has improved a little bit and basically that team's ran with RCR and RCR struggled all year um in races they always seem to qualify good and it never transitions into the race I know um they had their difficulties in, in inspection had to start in the rear but Um, For some reason, just never moves to the race. And the race is where you get your points and wins from. Qualifying doesn't do anything for you, but just start you in the race. So they need to definitely figure that out. Um, So that's pretty good for that team. Ryan Newman, like you said, he picked up some spots there. And uh, hats for Chris Buescher. I mean, that team did a hell of a job all year. And that's a smaller organization now aligned with Hendrick. And uh, I think that's helped that organization. And you got to think this is an add-on team, the 37. The 47 has been that the stable of that team with AJ Allmendinger um, and the team has always had number 47 and it seems like that team is falling off and the new ad the new addition to the team is really the new uh, the head car over there and the one that's finishing good and it sucks. He's not going to make the playoffs. I mean um, for how good they've run um, it's kind of a shame. You know, this is a very good year for them. Um, unfortunately, there's a little bit out of it, um, a handful of spots and um, and it'd have been nice to see them win. I know they wouldn't make it far, but that'd be a big deal for that team to make the playoffs. So another good run for them. And you mentioned they've been running good all year, and that's um, pretty cool to see. And Chris Buescher, I think he has—he's um, a very good race car driver, and it's cool to see the smaller people in the sport, the smaller drivers, not so big names, do well and make a name for themselves. And um, Jones a little bit of a tough day, and then Reagan decent day for him, 16th. Um, you know, he's kind of had a rough year, um, and I know you're probably disappointed, but. Um, sixteenth isn't that bad for that team and then the guys that finished down there who were leading the race is only down there because of the way the gas um stuff were was at the end of the race. So um none of the guys I mentioned was pretty much all I pretty much it. Yeah, stop the bleeding for that thirty eight car today. Um it was
0: a uh it yeah, you mentioned a couple of guys running out of gas. Just wanna kinda of let if you're a fan of these drivers you missed the race today for whatever reason. Logano ran out of gas at the end of the race, so did Kozlowski Kurt Busch did uh, Logano finished 17th, Kowalski 19th, Kurt Busch in 23rd, and Ryan Blaney, who really had a solid day, uh, he finished 24th. He ran out of gas at or pitted, I should say pitted for fuel. I think Blaney got on um, the final lap, uh, so that really hurt his his uh, finishing position at the end of that race. But they had decent speed in that 12 car today um, for sure. But a couple of guys fell up who really needed a good day as far as playoff points were concerned, and uh, they did not. You know, the first one is Jimmy Johnson, who finished at 34th today, um, banged it off the outside wall, really and in an accident that was, I think personally, and, and maybe this is a little bit um, out of my, my jurisdiction, I should say, to call it, but it looked to me in the way that the, they were describing it on TV, sort of a driver error where he kind of misjudged the outside, uh, and he never really got loose. He just sort of, you know, i guess he got loose but he just sort of lost it you know hit the outside wall was never really able to uh you know recover after that he finished eight laps down in 34th and then clint boyer a a tough day for him 37th place run uh talking about a guy and i talk about david reagan stopping the bleeding talking about a guy who's just been bleeding like crazy and and uh has just had a rotten last few races and that's clint boyer you know i talked about it uh, in the show last week at Pocono in June, he was 10th in points. He now sits 16th in the standings, just six points ahead of his teammate Daniel Suarez and only 12 points ahead of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, you know, Boyer hasn't completely erased himself from this playoff hunt. Uh, he can still make it and and still salvage a decent year out of it, but he certainly felt maybe the next three races for him a lot more interesting. And put a lot more pressure on, on him and his team in these last three races because right now um that fourteen car is in a ba- is is has all sorts of bad luck uh and they're just not running very good to make up for it. So um a tough day for Clint Boy and a real tough day for Jimmy Johnson as well.
1: Yeah, I mean going off of what Spencer said, the way and what you've been talking about for weeks, the way Chris Buescher has been running in the last few months, it's a good thing that for some of the people in front of him that he had such a rough start to 2019 because, quite frankly, he'd be in position. He just got into the top 20. He just passed O'Richard Richard uh, to get into the top 20 because of the consistency he's had. And the fact of the matter is, considering you you have Bristol, which is a track that Busher has done all right at, and a couple of wild card type tracks in Darlington and Indianapolis. You know they're not going to win any of those, of course, because of the way things are. But Chris Buescher is a kind of consistent, solid guy that, if the points were in his favor, he he'd have a chance here. And when you consider he's only in terms of the cutoff. I mean, he's. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, it's like sixty-seven, and so, yeah, so it's a little over seventy points. So there's really no way there. But he's not generally. He's about fifty points off of, or sixty points off of Jimmy Johnson. And yeah, I mean, Jimmy Johnson today, running with Clint Boyer, trying to go and airmail it early in the race through the PJ one he backs off and he couldn't get the car back. I mean that that one move, that one decision cost him three, four laps and they never really recovered from that. And I mean at the end of the day when you're when you're up against it the way the forty eight has been, you can't make those moves. And Jimmy Johnson seven time champion eighty three wins, all this stuff if he had just you know managed just he was running in the top five, ten, something he was somewhere there early in that race if he literally just decides not to go for that position when you look at all of his teammates finished 8 through 10 if he finishes 11 he gains so many points right now he's in 16 and he probably has a gap on boyer who's on a free fall of epic proportions and probably isn't going to come back and make it back in. And Suarez, you know, he probably puts a position where Suarez has to win or not. Instead, he's given up a bunch of points. He's only 12 12 points behind. But the way that that team's been running, they're not going to be able to theoretically, in the next three races, beat Clint Boyer by four spots unless Clint Boyer offs himself, which is entirely possible. But the reality is, I think Suarez jumps in front of him. So in the end, you're having to manage two Stuart Stewart-Oscars plus Ryan Newman, who generally runs under the radar, no matter where they are, their cars are, is going to kind of get the best finish he can get. So Clint Boyer's in a major free fall, big wreck, big issue. Uh, they had a fast race car too, and... I mean, I don't know. It's it's questionable. I mean, the fact is it's a good thing that there's 16 cars because they should have no business flirting with the playoffs. Because once you get past probably Eric Jones, really, to be completely honest, I don't believe any of those cars should really have a chance at the playoffs or have done a lot to really belong there and are a one-and-done candidate. And that includes some of the people that are actually in front of Eric Jones, really. But the point is because of how many cars are allowed in, in the playoff because of the way NASCAR set it up, that's why we have this battle and we have this drama and why people who are running 16th every week are in a position here. So, I mean, it, it's it's pretty sad uh, to see guys like Jimmy Johnson or Boyer who are both – I mean, one is con- – won seven giant titles another one has contended for championships before a couple two three times in his career and neither of them can sniff a decent finish if their life depended on it uh, so we'll see in these next three weeks what happens it's going to be an intriguing battle between those four guys to see which two of those four actually make it in and after that there's some interesting battles after that too
0: yeah, it is. It's, I tell you, it's these next three races, and um, you know, it, it's really come down to four guys. I think when we look at the points and everything that's going on, um, you, you know, Ryan Newman is fifteenth. I think you know we can all agree. Unless Jones just completely gets uh, annihilated in these next four races, I think he's pretty much in, uh, or somebody. You know, there are three guys outside the top sixteen win. And knock him out, I think he's pretty good, I think Larson's pretty good as well. Larson's really right at the ship here a little bit. you know he was in trouble there for a little while and he' was right at the ship had some decent runs um so I don't think where that forty two team wants to be, but they're they're running a little bit better than what they were early in the year to start the year um but it's really it comes out of the six to fourteen the forty one and the forty eight as far as who's going to be in and who's going to be out uh and Newman, as you mentioned, he's a good veteran driver. I think he's going to run good at Bristol I think he's going to run good at Darlington. Indianapolis is going to be interesting. I know he's run good there in the past, but I'm talking about Roush and their equipment, what, what can to be done there. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see how that goes um, with with Newman and everybody over there at that six car. Uh, but Boyer, you know, it's, and, again, I talked about it. It's just I, I hate – I don't mean to pick on him, but I just don't like teams that are, that are just free-falling. And it just seems like right now whatever they do, and it might not be their fault, you know, they just have a black cloud over them and it just seems like they just keep losing points every week and and just can't get out of the rut they're in now. Boyer's a good short tracker. I think he's going to run good at at Bristol and Darlington. Um, I think he's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Suarez is a guy who needs to really kind of show us something. I mean, I I don't remember his track record at Bristol, but I don't remember a really good run for him at Bristol. Darlington, tough racetrack. it would be interesting to see how he does there. Indianapolis is more his style, I feel like. On those big mile and a half tracks, those two mile tracks where he can really run good, so he's going to keep an eye on. And if Jimmy's good everywhere, uh, at least his historically and his track record is he's been good everywhere. But a lot of pressure on Jimmy Johnson now. You remember he got rid of his crew chief a couple of weeks ago. A lot of pressure on that team to pick it up because he don't make the playoffs, it's going to look. Start people are going to start pointing at that driver because, especially when you look at his former crew chief from a year ago sitting there uh, 12th in the standings. 89 points to the good. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on that 48 team, especially Jimmy Johnson, to get into this playoffs and try and at least run and give himself a chance at championship number eight here in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. That that run That's uh, the, the Consumer Energy 400 today from uh, Michigan. We move on to the NASCAR Xfinity Series B&L Transpoint 170 at Mid-Ohio was the race. It was Austin Cedric and Victory Lane, his second consecutive win, he won last week at Watkins Glen, wins this week at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Then it was Chris bell A.J. Allmendinger passed inspection this week. He finished third. Then it was Tyler Reddick and Noah Gregson, fourth and fifth. Justin Allgaier, Chase Briscoe, Cole Custer, Justin Haley, and Brandon Jones rounding out the top ten for the Xfinity Series race, the B&L Transport 170 at Mid-Ohio. Spencer, what stands out to you there in the top ten from that Xfinity Series race uh, anybody that really surprised you? That had a good day? And what do you think about Austin Cindrick's win
2: at Mid Ohio? Yeah, I'll go ahead and hit on Cindrick real quick. Um, he's a road racer. I mean, hard. I mean, how could you not say he's not? I mean, he's uh, we've mentioned he's run the Rolex. He's done these little sports car, um, you know, for the Ford Performance stuff, the smaller races at Daytona before the Rolex. He's ran that and. Um, So he's got road racing experience as a truck, went on a road course, um, you know, and the more you run, that's why AJ's so good because he's a road racer. And, you know, the more time it's the same for anybody, the more time in a seat on a certain track, you become good. Um, You know, besides uh, AJ, who really out of the um, regulars in the Xfinity series are road racers, not many of them. And Centric has proven that he can win on them back-to-back um, back. Um, so he's locked himself in the playoffs now um, now he won't just make it on points um, but besides him winning congrats to AJ for passing inspection um, post-race this would have been the time to win it that way he would have actually got to keep the trophy um, so yeah I mean congrats to him um, I'm sure he's got a few more wins coming in his career um, and that team's really you know momentum there's a long way and you know i'm he can win on his oval a mile and a half or two mile racetrack um he's in fast equipment and you know um he has enough talent to get it done on any track he goes uh goes to um other than that um you pretty much know who's going to make the playoffs in the xfinity series so that's kind of boring it doesn't really make the races exciting the cup races are now exciting um, the racing's getting better, and the points at the bottom constantly switch. Like they said, the last nine races, the 16th and 17th guy have swapped, and that makes it fun to watch those points while you're racing, while the race is going on, and um, just hats off to Team Penske. And, um, you know, a solid run for Clements and there's a few guys that had a bad day and a few guys that had a good day. So um, it's road course racing. It's, you know, a little beating and banging can end your day, and um, it's fun to watch. So, um, you know, congrats to Sendrick again. Yeah, it was uh,
0: – Cindric's a good driver on these road courses. There's no doubt about that. That's more his background. You know, he's, I believe he's still got a lot of work to do on a mile-and-a-half, sir, in, on the oval tracks. You know, he hasn't really been anywhere near where he needs to be as far as uh, winning races on on the ovals. But he does a great job on the road courses, no doubt about that. Bell was second. Nice job by him. You know, you mentioned a lot of these guys don't come from a, a back uh, road course background. Uh, and so they're learning how to do this. They're learning how to, how to drive on these road courses. Um, and so some of them, when you sit there and see what Christopher Bell, you know, finishing second to Austin Sendrick, you go, that's not a bad run considering uh, there's some few road ringers in this race with Jack Hawksworth uh, in there and a couple other guys sprinkled in as well. Will Rogers, a decent run there for um, the Brandon Brown, Brandon Bilt Motorsports team in 12th. Uh, good job by him. How about you, Philip? Any thoughts on the Xfinity Series race at Mid-Ohio?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I have to give credit to, I mean, obviously Sindrick being a, he used to drive what is now, I guess they call it the, I'm trying to remember what they call the, the series, but he ran the World Challenge and he ran the, the series that was the support for the, what is now the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But he, it's a home game for him. His His mom, is the daughter of the late Jim Truman, who owned, who originally owned Mid-Ohio, or owned Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, the Red Roof Inns family and all that. So there's a connection to Ohio. Um, his father, Tim, worked for Bobby Ray Hall, Ohio. So there's a whole big connection there. He wanted to win there. It's a big deal. Uh, in the last two weeks, Austin Sindrick has kind of taken himself from being, you know, just there to giving himself a chance. And when you consider that the 22 team is one of the best teams in this series, that's kind of where they belong. They've been held back by the driver. Uh, so Sindrick, I mean, I don't know what will happen. At Bristol. Would they'll probably go back to probably second half of the top ten. And then at Road America, they'll have a chance at another win, solid top five. But the reality will be after Road America, where they go, what they do in terms of what's going to happen. Will they be that fourth team uh, at Homestead? I don't know if that's really going to be the case. Christopher Bell, a guy who who unabashedly says he's not a good road racer, doesn't have the experience, getting a second-place finish. Solid run, beats his two main contenders for the championship there uh, at mid-Ohio. Credit to the 10 team to pass inspection there. Reddick getting a fourth-place finish is a big deal for him. He's also not generally a great road racer. Noah Gregson's car was completely destroyed, and he finished fifth. So if I'm somebody who had a fully functional race car and I couldn't beat that car, I wouldn't feel great about it. Uh, I uh, I mean, bias aside, Chase Briscoe had some issues there. He had a penalty. He won a stage. He had a penalty on a restart or something, and he had to go in the pits. He had to come in early, and then he came back out, made the most of the situation, got a seventh-place finish. Um Clemens was best of the rest. Uh he's shown really good speed both of these road course races, both Watkins win with Cup regulars and here at Mid Ohio. His one Xfinity win was Road America. So he would definitely be a great uh, you know, dice roll pick at Road America in a couple of weeks to see if uh he can go and, and do something there and possibly go and flip the playoffs on its lid, which it obviously needs because there's really no drama in it. Will Rogers drove the 86, uh, this week and got a solid 12th place finish. I don't know if he was involved in one of the wrecks or spun, but Brandon Brown was involved in uh, some argy bargy as, uh, the great cows and the fish would say. And, uh, it was interesting seeing it on social media that Brandon Brown and uh, what's it I'm bringing, i and losing it right here. The 36 car of Josh Williams kept on running over each other and uh, Josh Williams wasn't so happy about it. And so we'll see what happens in the next few weeks between those two individuals for a little bit of drama there. Uh, between two guys are running in the back. Jack Hawksworth drove the 18 and filling in for uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt. Uh, there's a little more deep diving we might have to do in that IK9 situation, but Jack Hawksworth, the uh, sports car driver for Lexus in the, the GTD category in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, a former IndyCar driver, finished 15th. Uh he actually looked pretty good for a little while, but the inexperience in the stock car showed later in the race. He got spun out. He got used up a bit. But um but Hawksworth did a really good job in that eighteen car uh in general. Uh he outperformed Brandon Jones and in, and honestly in a lot of ways he was outperforming Chris Bell until late in the race there. So I mean, in the end, after everything laid out, its status quo, all the guys that are probably going to be in the playoffs are there, for the exception of A.J. Almendinger and kind of landed where they might be as things go on later in the year with one more road course to go.
0: For sure, it was an interesting race from the Xfinity Series side of things, no doubt about that. Um, but another the most interesting race of the weekend, just because it, it was their final race of the regular season, was it, uh Gander Outdoor Truck Series event from Michigan. They ran Michigan as well with a doubleheader weekend with the Cup Series. They ran Saturday afternoon just before the Xfinity Series race, and it resulted in Austin Hill going to victory lane. Sheldon Crane finished second, which was huge for him, because had he had won the event, he would have made the playoffs. Same thing with Tyler Dippel in third. Then it was Brett Moffitt, Austin Wayne Self in fifth. Bailey Curry, 6th, Grant Enfinger, 7th, Stuart Friesen, 8th, ninth was Ray Ciccarelli, and 10th was Matt Crafton. Some of those names you don't see up there in the top 10 all the time. A big wreck at the end, a lot of accidents, a lot of craziness at the end of that truck series race. But it really resulted in Austin Hill, who won the first race of the regular season uh, this season at Daytona, wins the final race of the regular season at Michigan, sort of bookends his wins there uh, to get him into the playoffs. And and really, that was the story of the afternoon where the playoffs, uh, when you look at it right now, as far as drivers who made it and who missed, the the eight who made the uh, Truck Series playoffs was Brett Moffat. Then it was Grant Enfinger in second. Stuart Friesen now third with his win at Eldora. Then it was Austin Hill with two wins. Ross Chastain gets in. He has two wins that count. Um, He's now fifth in the standings as we get ready to go to uh, Bristol for the Truck Series race for race one in the playoffs. Then it was Matt Crafton. Who point only him and Enfinger pointed their way in this this year. Uh, then it was just Johnny Sauter who had a win. Of course, he also uh, was suspended for a race, uh, but he finished. He's now seventh in the playoff standings as they get ready. And Tyler Ankrum with his win got him in in eighth. Drivers who missed who are notable. You had Ben Rhodes missing, Harrison Burton of course with KBM, Todd Gilliland with KBM, and Sheldon Creed with GMS Racing. Those drivers missed the playoffs. Um, how about the truck series event on Saturday lots of carnage some guys who normally don't finish up top there up in the top 10 with Bailey Curry a decent run there in 6th you also had um, Tyler Dipple. you don't see him up there a lot also went south in 5th Ray Ciccarelli, uh, only, you know, running his own deal uh, in ninth. so um, what, are you, what were your thoughts on the truck series event uh, from Michigan this weekend
2: well, I'm going to and say it. The field better be glad the 45 had his incident on pit road because he was fast, obviously. Probably going to win the race. Um, and that was, I mean, everybody seen that he was fast in practice. And for once, actually did good in practice and qualified up front. Um, it always seems like you would qualify in the back. But that's side of the point anyways. Um, can't win them all, I guess. Um, so, the, you know, that's probably a win that he could have had and didn't have. But um, it's racing, so what can you do? Um thought it was a good race um very exciting towards the end um you know you had guys up there running up towards the front that like the tyler ankrum you know he was up there towards the end and then had his incident and i'm gonna go ahead and hit on him real quick he's a guy that is he's a sleeper he's just gonna hang around do his thing casually run inside the top 10 and as the race winds down he's gonna show up in top three top four and you're gonna be like okay, okay holy crap here he comes I mean, even when Ross went at uh, Pocono, he was coming, and he was fast, and he's young, and he's just, he st- it's like he stays to himself, you know what I'm saying, and then he's hes there to attack at the end, um, you know, it, the, he's going to be, he's going to make it through a couple rounds, I can tell you that, and um, they're bringing fast trucks, and he's showing he can drive, when, and those trucks are shown they're fast, when they have the right drivers in them, um, and not uh, Natalie Decker, but um no, I thought it was a good race overall. You know, the truck race, truck race, uh, playoffs is going to be exciting. Um, you know, they're going to Bristol. Bristol's a fun track. Um, you know, Austin Hill was able to win the opener and then the final race of the uh, regular season. Um, so I feel like the truck series is, is going to be fun. You know, all the guys are, are, uh, somewhat close. Um, you got smaller teams that are beating the big teams and that's what makes it fun as well. Um, so everybody's just kind of equal and, uh, you know, they're going to fight it out hard, beating and banging, and they're going to race hard, and I think this is going to be the best series to watch throughout the playoffs. I really do. Um, the Xfinity series I think is going to be pretty boring. Um, but that's side of the point. Good race. Um, congrats to Atori Motorsports, or whatever you call it. Um, small organization. Championship team last year. Can they repeat? They got speed in their trucks, so why not? Um, but Yeah, I'm just ready to get the playoffs going, and um, congrats to that team, and some guys had good runs and some guys didn't, and I'm sure we'll touch on the whole KBM deal for, uh, later in the show. So, Yeah,
0: yeah, it was a very interesting race uh, just because of a lot of carnage there in the truck series. in Austin Hill, as you said, with Hattori Racing um, in Victory Lane there on Saturday afternoon. Philip, really, the big story, I think, for a lot of people this year. If you talk to a lot of people who you know, were, were getting ready for this truck series when the season started at Daytona, and you said, hey, both Harrison, both KBM trucks, uh, Harrison Burton and Todd Gilliland would miss the playoffs. I think we would have laughed and said, yeah, right. This is KBM. This is the best truck series team out there. And it's that's reality right now as we sit here on August 11th that both of these drivers are outside the playoffs. Um, there seems to be a lot of, of talk about what the future of, of both of those drivers there is in that organization, um, but what can you make of this? Are, are you surprised? How surprised? I guess how surprised are you that both of them missed it? Now, obviously, when we see what they've had with this year, um, we have kind of saw this coming for a few weeks. But I'm shocked that just, like I said, when the start of the year, that both Gillland, who times won a Canaan West and a Canaan East Series championship, won a ton of races in those divisions, gets to the Truck Series, doesn't make the playoffs um, last year, doesn't last make it this year. year uh, surprising, just surprising that, that Gil Lentz just hasn't been able to pull into victory lane and get a victory, at least in one of these races. Now, Harrison, I think, has run a little bit better than, than Todd did, especially towards the end of the regular season, but um, what were your thoughts on both of those drivers missing the
1: playoffs? Yeah, it's definitely a real uh, a real difficult situation for those two guys, I I really don't blame the two of them as much as I blame the owner and I blame the way they run this organization. And I think that if you should be putting the best people in the places to go and assist the best possibility of bringing championships to an organization, Ruby Fugle is the best crew chief that they have in that organization, and he's working on the third truck that isn't running for a championship. Uh, But I could go off on a tangent there, and I'm not going to, because it'll go sideways and be a problem. Harrison Burton's a rookie, first full year this year. He's been solid. They've shown signs. He's run decent. Two DNFs. I mean, at the end of the day, the only playoff contender that didn't have a DNF was Crafton. there's three drivers that had one. Otherwise, every single, the other, the other four drivers, it looks like, had more than one uh, DNF this year. So the fact that Burton had two DNFs, he didn't lead a lot of laps, and that's, I think, as much as anything. I mean, in large part because of his owner. Uh, they... They didn't lead a lot of laps. But Burton was catching on. And he was getting better, getting better. I think at the end of the day, Harrison Burton, they were fifth in points or sixth in points or whatever it was. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth in points all missed the playoffs. I think nine, 10th, 11th, and 12th made it in because of wins. But in the end, the the point that's the point. There's only eight drivers that make it in terms of a playoff. That's what it should be. It shouldn't be bringing in mediocrity at the end. You know, you back in with points, and you're going to be eliminated in a round. There really is no question. The two best point, the top two in points, made it in, and then the next few, the next six all had either won multiple races or, you know, they did something that they needed to do to get in. So they deserve to not make the playoffs. Kyle Busch Motorsports has taken a definite step backwards this year, even though they are probably the best and most uh, heavily financed team in the truck series in a series that's dying. They have the most money because it's a Toyota factory effort. Um, if I'm Todd Dilland I'm looking to see if dad has a ride open next year uh, because I don't think he's going to be there And even the talent that he's shown in the K&N series that never hasn't translated to a truck yeah he got unlucky a couple times last year it was close to win but this year he he was nowhere the whole year he was nowhere and he still isn't anywhere he led yesterday but then they didn't finish so I don't know what the disconnect is. I don't know why it hasn't worked. I, I really believe that if he were to be a teammate with Tyler Ankrum next year, or if they swapped rides, I think it would be best for both parties, quite frankly. I think Tyler Ankrum and a Kyle Busch Motorsports truck would go and take off. And I think that Todd Gillen driving for his dad and having, you know, the support there. If They'd move Frankie Kerr over there and they give him a crew chief that will work with him and mold him, he'd be just fine. Um, But, I mean, it's a definite failure uh, across the board, Kyle Busch Motorsports, to miss the playoffs when the 51 truck, which isn't the full-time truck but runs every week, uh, has six wins or five wins or whatever it is this year albeit with two very experienced drivers, but uh, it's a definite failure uh, by that organization. On Toyota only has one or two representatives in the playoffs, which when you consider that Toyota I mean, makes such a big effort in destroying the series, they only have two of their trucks. It's, it's kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, it really is. It, it's, just shows you i think uh, at the end of the day uh you know the sport's very unpredictable especially this truck series with how competitive it can be uh with the wins and i and i think that's what makes this sport exciting and, and that leads me to my next point here because i want to get spencer's opinion on this and then i want to go to philip because again we're getting sort of the new school fan opinion with spencer and the old school fan opinion with philip after this uh you know matt crafton he came out this week and he said, hey, you know, I think it's ridiculous that, you know, I was so good in points this year and I barely make the playoffs. Um, you know, he basically said he feels like the championship should be uh, a full ske- a full season like, like it was in years past, like we've seen in years past in the truck series over the last, you know, first, what, 15, 20 years of the truck series, it had a, a full schedule, a full season points championship, and now we went to the playoffs here the last few years. Crafton's basically voice said he wasn't a big fan. Um, and when you look at, at the these playoffs and how competitive they were, Spencer, it sort of puts the other spectrum in. Do we not take enough trucks in the truck series? Do we sit there and say, hey, you know what, we take eight, maybe we need to take ten because two very competitive teams or four very competitive teams missed the playoffs this year, and that's not the way it should be. So I guess my opinion on it is how do you – I guess my question is on it, Spencer – how do you feel about the playoffs in the truck series? Is eight enough? Do you like the playoffs? Should we get rid of the playoffs? What are your thoughts?
2: No, I say we keep the playoffs, and I tell you why. It's exciting, and NASCAR is trying to do everything they can to put butts in the seats, and this, and this is what they're trying to do. They're trying different things. No, there shouldn't be more than eight cars. If the two of the best teams miss the playoffs, that's their own problem. You, it's Not you're, not everybody should make the playoffs. This isn't, you're not getting a uh, participation trophy. You need to go 110% every week, week in and week out. Teams need to bust their ass. And, it, I mean, you got to be good. You've got to be consistent. You have to have your head in the game in order to win these championships. The competition is too too competitive for you to lollygag. Um, I agree with Philip. He said that 16 is too many, and I agree. You're taking half the field to go run for a championship. And let's face it, a few of the, the last four guys and those things really haven't ran that well to deserve to go run for a championship. I feel like only, you know, 12. I like how the Xfinity Series does it and I like how the Truck Series does it. got eight guys who run hard, win races, deserve to run for a championship and go after the big money and the big cries at the end at Homestead. Um, I can see where Matt Crafton's coming from. Yes. It's very frustrating when you're running really consistent, you're good in the points, but you don't miss the, but you almost missed the playoffs. Well, then you have to step it up even better. And that just goes to show you how competitive and how tough it is to win a championship in motorsports. And that goes for any motorsports. It's not easy. Um, so I like the playoffs. It's exciting. Um, you know, because guys are like, man, I got to go out on Wednesday or I'm out or I'm done. And they put it all on the line. Right. Um, they, you, so the playoffs is a good thing, I would say. And, you know, that's my opinion. I'm not speaking for anybody. Um, yeah, I'm a newer fan in the sport. Uh, you know, you guys have been in it way longer than I am. Um, and that's just how I see it. Um, and for any sport, you, you have to be on top and you got to be the best to win the, the trophy at the end um in the playoffs show who the best is they're good through all the rounds um baseball is the same way you got to make it through the wild card you got to move on into all the rounds till you get in the world series so um you know hats off to NASCAR for making the playoffs making it exciting and fun for the fans
0: well I'll say this and I think this might surprise you
2: uh I I agree with you as far
0: as the playoffs are concerned now um, I, you know, if we're going to do it in the Cup Series, might as well do it in Xfinity and Trucks as well. I thought it was dumb the way we used to have it where, you know, just the Cup Series and Xfinity and Trucks had a season-long championship. It was kind of like, well, what's the point? Um, I understood why they did it at that point, but you know, I, to me, it came off as Crafton being a little bit whiny as far as um, you know, his teammate missing it this year, and just the Thor Sport not really having a great year. Um, but, I and I do agree with you as far as H8 Trucks. I think eight trucks is the perfect amount. There's no way I think we should go to 10. I think that conversation will come up, though. I really do because I think the, these, the owner of that team in the truck series as we, that we mentioned, I think he's going to complain saying, no, oh, we need more trucks in there, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think eight is plenty in the truck series. I, in fact, I think what we should do for Xfinity and Cup is narrow that down to 10 in the Xfinity and 12 in Cup. I think everybody would be yep. better off, and everybody would, it would be much more, Absolutely. much, much more entertaining in the Cup Series if we if, if, if we did that. Uh, how about you fill up a, again? You know, I know we come from a, a background where you know we remember when Jeff Gordon won a championship, and and with like two three races going to season, and then Rick Hendrick had that pit stop. Remember that uh, at Atlanta? Yeah, ninety five, kind of when
1: pit, he went and pitted him and Raymond and everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, they kind of did a goofy pit stop, and it was fun. But you know, I think a lot of people kind of looked at that and said, "Well, that's the reason why we kind of need a playoffs." Uh, you know, I've kind of grown on these playoffs here. Maybe because it's been so long now that we've had them, I've kind of grown on the chase. Um, I think this format, the way we do, is 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 good. Uh, I like that. But what are your thoughts on on these whole playoffs and and to uh, we and, and taking now? I know your opinion on 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 taking uh, ten trucks. What would, that would be. But what are your thoughts no. on the season one playoffs and Crafton's comments um, that we've seen here this week?
1: The, I mean, here's the thing. with This is for Matt Crafton, and he's not, I, whether he listens to this or not, I'm pretty sure he isn't going to. But F him if he doesn't. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart went on, on TV a few weeks before he in 2011 and said, We have no business being in the playoffs we're not a good enough team to be there. This was in 2011. And then he went out and he won the first two races of the playoffs, had a little lull there in the middle, and went on a heater that ended up having the best, quite outside of 1992, the best, well, probably for me, my bias aside, the best battle for a championship outside of 1992 ever in my whole entire lifetime of watching motorsports. He went and won won the final race, and he tied Carl Edwards after 36 races. Carl Edwards did the whole, I was consistent the whole time and did it. Tony Stewart won five races out of ten and won the championship. That's why we have playoff formats, and that's why BZF and now the current idiots, they want this format. Eight trucks is perfect. The fact we have guys like Ross Chastain and Tyler Ankrum, that's why we have this format. Johnny Sauter, being the douchebag that he is and, Tyler, and, and this Austin Hill, both those idiots, they're running into each other. I hope they run into each other next week at Bristol. It'll be great. That'll be funny. Then then we have more drama. I get why Crafton's mad because I'm looking at the owner's standings and he got eliminated because of 51 gets in based on playoff points or whatever, sure. So then if the 88 was somehow supposed to win the championship, they won't win the own, the drivers, they won't win the owners. Okay. Leave it as it is. Narrow the amount of teams that make it. Let's. If we're going to have to go with this and this is going to be the way, make them earn it. The truck series is fine. What I would say is, you know, limit the competition, limit the cup drivers running the thing. I mean, albeit, I mean, it's he owns a team, so I guess he could do whatever he wants, but I think he kind of affected the way the standings would be. If he wasn't there in those five races, it might have been a little different. Uh, but leave it as it is. Keep it 8, eight 10, and 12, as you said, and let's, let's make him earn it you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to Bristol on Thursday night. It's going to be an interesting race for sure.
0: Yeah, it is, and it always makes it very interesting. And, and uh, I do, I think the playoffs, for whatever reason, have grown on me over the last few years. Um, I I really like the format we did with the two wild cards, the top ten of the two wild cards uh, a couple of years back. I thought that was awesome. Um, but you know, they, to me, the only problem with them in both, the in, in Cup, is I think we just take too many drivers, um, and I think we can all agree with that. It just gets to a point where you start to water down the competition, um, and really, those drivers who finish, you know, from anywhere from 13th to 16th in the playoffs and, and squeak their way in in the Cup series, never really do anything anyway. Uh, maybe they they advance because of the luck, in into round two, but they're not really con- contenders. Um, It's really the drivers who are in the top 12, top 10 that that we really look out for anyway. So um, I understand, and that's a good point you made about Kraft and and the owner points. I understand where he's coming from. um, As far as that's concerned, it's a little frustrating there. But, uh, you know, to me, and and maybe this is just me being uh, accepting the playoff format, I don't think that 88 team's had a really great year. I'm sorry. He's been very consistent but he's never been anywhere where I look at it and say, oh, that team really had a lot of speed this year. He's done well and he deserves to be in the playoffs, but he's not really went up there and led laps and competed for wins and competed for, you know, I don't think he would be a championship contender in my eyes in the old format, it'd be Chastain up there running around because Chastain's really had a tremendous year. So, uh, he'd probably run away with the playoffs if we had the old format. I haven't done the math; I wouldn't even look at it, but I would guess uh, he would even run away. Now I know he got disqualified for one of them, but he has run a whole year. I would I would guess Chastain in point wise, would be running away with it anyway. So um, you know, this gives Crafton, as far as looking at it, would give him a better chance at making at making winning the championship. As far as I'm concerned and maybe they find it these last uh, last few races in the truck series. But I want to thank Thought Matthew and Spencer Cowan. A great job tonight, as always, guys. Uh, and uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night. And if you haven't heard yet and you're listening to the show, Wednesday night's a very exciting show for us. We're going to talk to Alisa Allison, who uh, was who Clifford Allison's wife, the late Clifford Allison's wife, uh, who died 27 years ago. I believe it's uh, Tuesday's the anniversary of that, of his death here, dying out of uh, a test session at Michigan um, uh, back in 1992. So we'll talk to her. It'll be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Want to thank again Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan. We'll see you next time on Talking Circles. See you Wednesday night, 8:30. Be here uh, and listen to Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.